You're listening to Reach MD, the channel for medical professionals. Hi, this is Dr. Thomas Berceau, president of the National Lipid Association, and I'd like to welcome you to Lipid Luminations, hosted by Dr. Larry Kaskill and presented by the National Lipid Association. We all know the frustration of seeing an obese patient who wants to make progress with their weight but just can't do it for any number of reasons. Diet and exercise in the long run will do more than any combination of medicines. The rub, of course, is how do we get them on that magical eat right and exercise regimen. For some patients, a physician-centered team approach to weight loss could be our answer. Welcome to Lipid Luminations. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. My guest today is Dr. Paul Bradley, Associate Professor of Medicine at Mercer University School of Medicine in Georgia and founder and CEO of Our Life Health, a physician-oriented program that offers a team approach to weight loss in a clinical setting. Dr. Bradley, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'd like to start a little bit about your background, what got you kind of interested in this team-based concept of approaching weight loss. I'm an internist in Savannah, Georgia. I am still in private practice. Uh, I see patients every day in the trenches. And I've always had a fascination, both personal and practice-wise, with weight loss. And why do we gain weight? Why is it so difficult to lose weight? What is that message? Where does it come from? that when someone puts something in front of us, that piece of chocolate cake, and we know we're not supposed to eat it, and we're highly intelligent, and why? Why do, before we know it, have we made 10 excuses and the chocolate cake is gone? So what have you learned? What is the answer? Personally, I'm still convinced it's all, it's all biochemical. Certainly, a lot of it is, is cultural, and, and, and I'll tell my patients that it's really not fair that we live in this incredible, wealthy society where food is available at, at every turn. And if we were to send you to a desert island, there really would be no problem because you wouldn't have any choices. It's the availability and the abundance. The abundance. And then we learn it. We learn it from little kids. I grew up in the household of the mixed message. It's like, ah, you're getting a little bit chunky there. How come you didn't eat all your food? What's wrong? You didn't like it. And so we have all these messages. We have all these opportunities and before you know it, the pounds slowly come on. They just don't come off easily. So prior to starting your, your business, what kind of methods did you use with your patients to help them lose weight? The good old conversation just, in my experience, doesn't have a, a lot of value, even, even in the exam room setting, even in the setting where there's great respect from patient to doctor. I've never been very good at the scaring people to death and Tell you the truth, even when I try, I still don't seem to get anywhere. And you'd think things like threatening missing limbs would, would help, but... It worked on our producer. Our producer was afraid of losing a toe and uh, decided he was going to stop eating sugar, and he's, he's lost 60 pounds in, like, four months, just from avoiding sugar. That You know, you see it every once in a while. I am an advocate of just about anything safe that would help you lose weight. That can be anything from simple diet instruction to weight loss medications to uh, weight loss surgery, all of them used in, in the right hands and carefully monitored and with the motivated patient can produce wonderful results. What we came to the conclusion, myself and a group of doctors about three years ago was, what can we do? We know that in a perfect world, if we could send someone off to the high-end spa and if we took good care of them and we fed them only nutritionally correct, calorically correct meals, and we exercise them every day, we could produce wonderful results. The problem is, and mine's a, an average internal medicine practice, that's not an option for the vast majority of my patients. And then when we, we said, well, what if we really break it down? What do you get in one of these facilities? And you know, it's basically, it's food and it's exercise. 
So how long ago did you form this organization? We worked on it for about a year, and we opened our doors officially about two and a half years ago. It's not in our practice. We, we separated it from the practice itself so that other doctors wouldn't, wouldn't feel threatened. And the argument that we have is, look, there, there's not, in our area at least, there's not enough primary care doctors to go around. The demand on our time is becoming more and more excessive. And in a 15-minute office visit, you can only accomplish so much. And I'm in the South, so you've got at least 14 minutes of good Southern greetings and family discussions to get through. Then you can actually, you know, ask them what's wrong with them and try to figure it out and maybe write a few prescriptions. And then, of course, you've got to document the whole thing. And, and then, as I, I tell my colleagues, and then you can have the 30-minute diet discussion in the 15-minute visit. So it doesn't work, and, and what happens, of course, is we don't do it. Right. Well, I you know I just want to tell you some personal experience. I have a, a normal internal medicine practice also with six providers, and we decided to do a program called first-line therapy, which is therapeutic lifestyle change, and it has been wildly successful in the office just by dedicating time and personnel to do this program, which is really instituting therapeutic lifestyle change. It sounds like it's what you've done. You've just done it outside of your practice in a different setting. I think that's the message. So what we did was we, we took exercise and made it readily available and expensive and simple. And, and, and probably more important, we said that we would give them any range of options, but in the most complete form, we would simply feed them. We would give them three fresh meals a day. They'd pick it up a couple of times a week. We'd meet national guidelines. We'd meet ADA guidelines, and we would make it super simple. The meals wouldn't be frozen, and they would just be ordinary food, the food that they are supposed to be eating but either don't have the time or uh, a lot of people don't know how to cook anymore. We would make their diet simple, but we would also teach them. It'd be learning by example, and they could stay on the meals for as little or as long as they wanted to. We offered them at two levels. There were 1,200 calories and 1,700 calories, and for as long as they stayed on them, life and diet would be easy. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Lipid Luminations on ReachMD XM160. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, your host. My guest today is Dr. Paul Bradley, Associate Professor of Medicine at Mercer University School of Medicine in Georgia. And we're talking about a team-based approach to weight loss in a clinical setting. What about the old expression, you can give someone a fish or you can teach them how to fish? If you're giving them all their meals, are you just giving them the fish and not teaching them how to fish for themselves? I think it's a really good question, and, and I'll tell you that we use registered dietitians. My practice experience is to offer whatever I can get them to accept, and in the ideal setting, they would do both. They would meet with the registered dietitian, and they'd eat the meals. But one thing, and, and, and we interview the participants from time to time, and the universal comment, which is really interesting, is I really learned how to eat. And so what I would tell you is this is simply learning by example. It's, it's eating by example. And if nothing else, what they get, and, and what you don't get at all in the South, is the first time in many of their lives an idea, concept of portion size. That where we live, if, if you don't serve very large portions in a restaurant, you don't stay in business. And when I talk to patients, the vast majority of them clearly get their idea of portion size from what they're served in a restaurant. And so the meals are instructive from portion size because they're correct. And, and, and then they're, they're instructive. The food's it's good, it's tasty, and, and they learn, wow, I didn't know I could eat that, and you know, I didn't know I could have that. Right, they can still have their sweet potatoes. They can still have their sweet potatoes. 
How does it work with insurance? Is any of the program covered by insurance? In our area, a visit to the registered dietitian with the appropriate diagnosis is oftentimes reimbursed. The meals are not reimbursed, but we had the local government give us 34 high-risk employees. High-risk was defined as they had to be on at least one medication and they needed to be overweight. And we allowed them to pick them, and then we were going to feed them and help them with exercise, give them one-on-one visits with a registered dietitian, and they would see a practitioner at the beginning of a three-month period and again at the end of three-month period. And I said that we would promise something which was a little bit, I think, risky. I said that we could see such improvements in medications that we would be budget neutral. So that at the end of the three months, and most of the cost was was food, by the end of three months, we would not end up costing any money. So what happened? Well, it was really interesting. that 34 started, and amazingly, because this was a diet, 34 finished. Everyone lost weight. Collectively, the group of 34 lost 550 pounds. We had some really spectacular 20 to 40 pound weight losses in a few individuals. Some of them were actually comical because some of them at the very beginning said, I'll do this, but I, I promise you, you can't make me lose weight. I'll never lose weight. One of them claimed to be a nutritionist and a caterer, and she knew everything there was about food, and she never was able her entire life to lose weight. She weighed like 300 pounds. Everybody lost weight. She lost about 36 pounds and had an epiphany at the end that she really wasn't eating right. It was interesting, though, because they all said that they, they did learn portion size. They, they really did learn from the meals. The comment that came through the most, though, because we, we tried to make this the perfect setting. I mean, they all continued to work. They did this in, in their off time. We took them, the dietitian, in addition to meeting with them, we took them to the grocery store. We were assuming that everyone knew virtually nothing about dieting and, and what they were supposed to be doing. And, and it turned out to be the trip to the grocery store that in the exit interviews was the most talked about event, the most talked about learning tool. It's amazing when you really drill down how little the population knows about what they're really supposed to be eating. At the end of the three months, they all lost weight. Every parameter improved. 20% of them turned out to be diabetic. And of the 20%, two were on insulin. And this is anecdotal, I realize, but both of those on insulin, one of which had been on insulin for 20 years, both came off of their insulin by the end of the three months. Everyone had better A1Cs. And when you annualize the medication savings, we had a two-to-one return and actually end up saving money, including feeding them. So I've heard that you've been involved in a reality show with a woman named Ruby. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how that began and, and what's happened with Ruby over the last six months. Ruby's turned out to be most fascinating. I'll give you the short story on Ruby. My partner in my internal medicine practice came to me and said, this is a year ago, I've got this really large lady and... She really wants to lose weight, and she, she knows over at Our Life that y'all feed people, but she really doesn't have any money, and she really can't afford to buy meals, but she really, really thinks it would work. And she says that there are these people in Hollywood that want to film her weight loss story. I, I said to my partner, I said, you think this is legit? And he said, I don't have a clue. I said, well, we've done, we've, we've done worse things. Let's find out, and let's do it. So we started Ruby over at Our Life eating the meals. She started... Started at 1,700 calories. Ruby was was a fountain of no nutritional knowledge. It was a she was a total void. She weighed 500 pounds to start with. She was diabetic for I think at least 10 years. She was on three oral agents 
and her A1C, as I tell everybody, this was my partner's patient, her A1C to start was nine and a half. Within three months, Ruby had lost about 60 pounds, and her A1C was down to six and a half. Six months later, Ruby was down about 90 pounds. She, at that point, had all her medications withdrawn, and her A1C was down to 5.5. She's been, to make the long story short, they came, they shot a pilot. They actually left us for two months, but Style Network bought the pilot and they guaranteed 13 shows. Those shows have since been filmed and, and on Style Network on television. The show is, is a reality TV show. It's a weight loss show. It's not a Biggest Loser Challenge, though. It, it, it centers around Ruby and her fascinating personality. I get to play the obesity expert on the, on the series. We're actually one year later now. She got her second season. She's, it's just on reruns right now. The new shows will start in July. But one year later, uh, as of this week, Ruby's gone from 500 pounds down to 333 pounds. She's still eating the meals. We're graduating her now. Our deal, Ruby and myself, our deal was, as an adult, she's never weighed less than 350 pounds. And so the deal was, if she could break below 300, we would take her off three meals a day, seven days a week, and we would drop breakfast, give her lunch and dinner, and let her have the weekends off. At the same time, the dietitian is working with her and we've actually got, since the show is a success, and so now, now we can fund some other things, we've actually got two Our Life chefs starting to teach her to cook. Very impressive. So I guess based on, on Ruby, is there anybody out there, any patient that would not respond to what you do at your center? Is there anyone you would turn away? No, I don't think so. There's, you know, they need a willingness to try. And Ruby was motivated. She did not have the, the tools or the skills to make it happen. I had three months worth of difficult conversations with Ruby, and even though we were feeding her, and even though the meals that we were feeding her were clearly different than what she had been eating her whole life, the conversations went something like this. Dad Bradley, I don't understand why I'm losing weight. And I'm like, Ruby, you're eating differently now. I am not. You are too. I tell all my patients that if they'll try one way or another, and it may be weight loss surgery, but one way or another, we'll get them to lose weight. Well, on that note, Dr. Paul Bradley, thank you very much for being my guest today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. My guest was Dr. Paul Bradley, Associate Professor of Medicine at Mercer University School of Medicine in Georgia and founder and CEO of Our Life Health, which is a physician-oriented program that actually uses a team approach to weight loss in a clinical setting. ReachMD online, on demand, and on air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Lipid Luminations, presented by the National Lipid Association. For more information, visit www.lipid.org.